My Mac Podcast number 212, sponsored by Otherworld Computing and Posimotion. This week, David and Paul Bettner from New Toy Incorporated. You're listening to the MyMac.com podcast with your host, Tim Robertson. And it's another exciting week, and leading up to the Macworld Expo, I'm still getting excited. We're less than a month away, Guy Searle. That's right. Not much time now. Not much time now. We will, uh, actually a month from today, we'll be in San Francisco getting ready for the big event. What are you looking forward to the most? The keynote, finding out what Apple's releasing, or the showroom floor itself? Uh, it, it's a toss-up between uh, what Apple's going to release and, and what goodies I can find on the showroom floor. I, you know, I love the showroom floor so much. I, I think that's my all-time favorite thing to do with the Macworld Expo is that first day, yeah. uh, the first couple hours where I'm not really stopping at every single booth and introducing myself for the fourth time. Right, you're just um, walking around. Just walking around and looking to see what looks cool, what I want to go check out later. I, I just love that. I think that's so much fun. Yeah, well, I, I wish more people can experience it because as many Mac users are out there now, most of them don't go to the Macworld Expo guy, and I think that's kind of what our job is, is to bring the experience of the Macworld Expo home to everybody. Yeah, that and, and uh, scenes of, uh, well, from last year, for example, Larry in my hotel room. Yeah, well, that was fun. <laughs> that was uh, fun. David Cohen joins us. Hello, David. Hello. Thanks for making me miserable because I'm not going to Macworld this year. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you're, you've got other things to worry about this year, and I think that's a little bit more important. Yeah, I do have a fairly good excuse, but uh, nevertheless, I am I am kind of missing. Now that people are getting excited about it, I'm starting to miss the build-up myself. So let me be the first to say congratulations on your anniversary tomorrow. Thank you very much. What what anniversary is it? It's, uh, oh, God, well, you see, I'm glad my wife isn't here to hear me struggle with uh, figuring out what it is. Yeah, it's our wedding yeah, anniversary. That's a good thing. <laughs> uh, it's our wedding anniversary, and we got married nine years ago. Nine years ago. Wow. Yeah. And she's still with you. She is, yeah. She's still hanging in there. She's a Hanging on with the fingernails. (laughs) And, uh... Clawing away. That's right. It's putting up with, uh, with me sitting up until the small hours of the morning doing this every week. Yeah, Yeah. every week. Every Thursday night, she's got to wait in bed, breathlessly waiting for you to crawl into the bed with her. And and actually, no, she's probably crashed Uh, out by the time you get in there. Yeah, she's she's crashed already, and she it's just like, don't wake me up when you come back upset. Yeah. <laughs> Stop making so much noise as you rock in the bed every night. I'm sleeping right, here. Yeah. You did well, this to me! Yeah. Well, like I said at the beginning of the show, uh, we do have some guests this week from New Toy Incorporated. It's David and Paul Bettner. Hello, guys. Hey, how's it going? Hello. Good. You know, I, I had to have you guys on after I read uh, a brief snippet of the history of your company, where you guys came from. And jumping into uh, as an iPhone developer, so let's start there. What's New Toy Incorporated? Who's involved, and where did you guys come from? Uh, well, we uh, New Toy Incorporated is our brand new iPhone development studio here in, in Dallas, Texas. Actually, McKinney, Texas, a little bit north of Dallas. And uh, we we most recently, before founding New Toy, um, we worked at Ensemble Studios, uh, working on the Age of Empires uh, line of games. And then uh, Halo Wars is the most recent game we worked on, which is coming out uh, the beginning of next year. And Sample um, was owned by Microsoft, correct? 
Yeah, yeah. Actually, I, I've been I was ensemble for ten years, so I went through that acquisition. We we started off independent. We got acquired in two thousand one, and uh, we're owned uh, by Microsoft since then. What was it like to have a company that you worked for get bought out by a larger company? Was it as bad as some people make it out to be? Was it a good thing? What was your opinion? Well, I mean, you know, <laughs> I'm not asking you to badmouth anybody. Out no, no, of course not. I mean, I, it was definitely a good thing from this financially, from the standpoint of the people that were there when we got acquired. Um, but uh, I, I'd say, I mean, you know, I mean, this may sound cliche, but the, the guys that were running the studio did such a fantastic job of insulating us, uh, you know, the developers from from the acquisition. I think the management team like really kept the culture intact there up until really the very end. So, so you, um, there was no big brother breathing down your neck. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, we had to have our chip. We had to have our chip implants removed. You know, when when we Don't resigned. Let but... me destroy you. <laughs> that, that one worked just too well right there. I had to do it. <laughs> oh my! <laughs> they, they said. Uh, they said. Who, who was it that bought us again? Uh, Microsoft. We're doomed. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you, I don't know if you guys heard that, saw the the kind of sequence of events that happened. I mean, Microsoft decided to uh, to dismantle the studio. A couple, like I never a, understood a that. Later. I mean, you guys were working on uh, one of the most anticipated games coming up uh, for two thousand and nine. Yeah. Um, I was looking. I'm still looking forward to Halo Wars. It looks like it's, it's going to really be awesome. Fun RPG. I mean, it, it's it's uh, not not RPG. Uh, yeah. RTS. Yeah. R- RTS. Sorry, sometimes those acronyms start getting confusing in my head. RPG um, is something else entirely. Yes, <laughs> RPG is something you shoot, actually. Um, <laughs> I, I, I still don't understand why they uh, decided to, to, to scuttle that studio. I mean, you guys did great work. Age of Empires is a fantastic game. I've been playing Age, I think, since the very first version. I, I, that was the first one that I played. I loved it. I, I appreciate it. I really couldn't help explain their decision any better than... You know, then it's been explained already, uh, which isn't very good. I, I don't think it makes any sense to to any of us that were there and went through it. But uh, but it's Microsoft's but, decision to make. So they say they're going to shut the studio down, and instead of going jumping in the unemployment line, you went somewhere else. Yep, we did. <laughs> we founded New Toy, and I mean, you know, I, we were we were the folks that were standing in line. I'm sure as you guys were to, to pick up the iPhone, just incredibly excited about this platform from the first time we saw the keynote uh, up until we got the first iPhone in our hands and, and just kind of dreaming about what's what's possible with this platform. And uh, when Microsoft announced that, that they were going to be doing, you know, what they did, we thought that it was really the right time to, to go after that dream. So we, as in you and your brother. Yep. And you foolishly followed him. That <laughs> was a joint decision. Was it a joint decision? How do how do your parents feel about this? I mean, obviously that you had to have that conversation. Right. You had to go back home or pick up a phone. Or do you live anywhere near where your parents live? No, our, our parents live in uh, Florida. So you had to do it by telephone. Probably yeah, yeah, over the phone. So how did that work? I mean, it, I think. By the way, but, we're going to quit these great jobs in this really bad economy, and. Uh, <laughs> We're, we're going to roll the dice. We're, we're, we don't really need health insurance right now. We're both healthy. <laughs> we uh, just had a baby. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's fantastic timing, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, the studio was going to close. It's not like you, you quit a job that was going to be there for the next 20 years either. Yeah, though both of us did get offers 
Um, I don't, I don't think this is super confidential. I hope not. But anyway, both of us did get offers for a, for a, for a studio that's being founded, uh, by a portion of the, of the ensemble studios crew here in Dallas. So we, we had, we did have to turn that down. Was there any hesitation to think, well, maybe we can go back to work there and do the new toy on the side or, I mean, how, how do you come to that decision? And, there was. and what made you come to that decision? I think, I think there was a ton of, of, uh, careful consideration. I'll, I'll put it that way. I mean, it was really emotional, at least for me. I, I, I think it was the same for Dave, but I've been around there for 11 years. So, you know, the guys at Ensemble Studios really family to me. I, I started there when I was 19. I, so, I, I mean, you could say I, I grew up with those guys. And, uh, so I mean, it was an incredibly emotional decision for me to, to decide to leave and pursue this. But I mean, it's something that, that, that Dave and I have been talking about doing since we were kids. And, um, you know, so we writing just, software, being software developers, owning your own company. Yeah, owning, owning our own, own company. company. Yeah. Okay. Let's go back in time uh, before we get to new toy. <clears throat> what was the first computer you guys own? And this is odd because usually I only have one guest, or if I have multiple guests, they're not related. You guys obviously grew up together. So, what was the first computer you remember in the home? Do you do you have one in particular that you remember? TRS eighty. Right? Yeah, TRS eighty uh, color computer was the first one I think that we had in the house. Uh, we had some video game consoles before that, but TRS-80 was, yeah, was the first real computer. And what drew you to Was there something about that computer that you liked, or was it a hunk of junk as far as you were concerned? A hunk of junk? <laughs> you had a game console. You had game consoles first. What was your first? I bet your first game console was Atari 2600. No, actually, I I did get an Atari 600 from a from a Goodwill after the fact, but I missed that one. Which I mean, I was I could have played it, but I just I missed it. My first uh, console was an Intellivision. Oh, really? Yeah, it was Pong. That was what about two years after the Atari 2600 started hitting it really big? Yeah, that was the Mattel, wasn't it? I think so. Coleco? Uh, no, ColecoVision uh, was their own. They had their own. No, the Intellivision was Mattel. Yes, Mattel made the Intellivision. Yes. The Mattel was the one that had the little discs instead of joysticks, wasn't it? Yes, it yes. had that little gold disc that you had to spin with your thumb. I hated those things. <laughs> well, it was great for Pong, though. Oh, it was great for Pong, but if you tried to pay, play like Pac-Man or something with it, it just it was horrible. It's yeah. probably um, the one game system that Tim does not have in his house. Really? Uh, no, I've, I have an, I have an Intellivision. Um, all my old <laughs> consoles are, are boxed up and put away, but no, I, I have one. Uh, I, I'm a huge... Uh, video game player. I've been, I, I, when I was growing up, um, oh, we just lost Guy. See, that's why you, you ask a stupid question there, Guy. You get booted <laughs> out of the sky. <laughs> <laughs> we'll try bringing him back in, but chances he are he's having uh, Skype problems. It, it happens. You still there, Guy? Yeah, yeah. Still, I don't know what happened. I don't either. We we just happened to notice that you were gone. We didn't say anything about you. Oh, um, I'll find out later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like you actually listened to the show back. Um, no, but you know, I, I was born in 1970, so I was the perfectly ripe age when the Atari 2600 came out and I've pretty much, I grew up with video games and now I'm, um, almost 39. I'll turn 39 the week after Macworld Expo. And, uh, my, my wife is very accommodating. I mean, I've got all the consoles. I've got, you know, PS3, Xbox 360, Wii, um, and I love games, but what I'm really starting to enjoy is gaming on the iPod, which... I didn't think it was going to happen, to be honest. I've got a PSP and I've got uh, the DS, and I don't use them for anything. I think the games are kind of boring and they're subpar compared to what you can play on the consoles. Uh, very few games are doing anything original with it. 
But the iPod's a totally different beast. I'm really having a lot of fun with the the iPod and the game. So is it the potential that you guys see going forward with the iPod that makes it kind of attractive to you? Yeah, absolutely. And also, I mean, I think... I think one of the reasons that you're seeing so much innovation going on on the platform is that, like, if you're thinking about making a game for the DS or the PSP, there's such an initial upfront investment to consider because, I mean, you have to sign with a publisher, you have to get approved by the platform developer. You know, there's a big, you, you just can't, you just can't come in there as an indie and, and just start creating games and getting them up there. But you can totally do that with with the App Store. You know, it's just this this fantastically open in, environment for developers. Um, and you know, so that's that's one end of it. Of course, the other end is just that the the hardware itself. And the capabilities of it are just, they're just, you know, generation beyond what was possible before. Yeah, and plus, you know, with the PSP and uh, DS, someone literally has to go to a store, they have to look at everything else that's there, and hopefully your packaging jumps out a little bit more than the rest, and someone decides that's the one I want to buy. With the iPhone, it's just they're holding the device that they're going to play it on a lot of the times, or they're looking in iTunes, and it's just right there, and it's click, click, and it's theirs. They own it. Yeah, and and then, you know, like, I think it also makes games such as the one that we have out now, the Chess with Friends, I think that game just wouldn't really be possible on another platform. And well, let's talk about game. Let's talk about the, the, the your first app, and I take it you have a lot more planned. But let's talk about Chess with Friends. Very innovative. I like the idea. Uh, it's getting good reviews too. Thank you. Yeah, e- even the front screen looks kind of cool. You know, it's like chess in the clouds. <laughs> <laughs> that that is very clever, actually, because that's yeah. pretty much what the game is. Yeah, yeah that's exactly. It's kind of where so, who came up with the idea, and how long did it take you guys to develop? I don't know who originally came up with the idea. I think, again, that, that was probably a collaborative thing between Dave and I. We, you know, probably is the case for a lot of ideas. We sat there and we said, well, we, we really have, we have this problem we'd love to solve just for ourselves, which is we'd love to be able to play chess with each other. Using our phones seems like the most obvious thing to be able to do, and yet we couldn't do it. There were chess games on the App Store, but none of them allowed us to just, you know, play a game over over the course of a couple days. You know, I, instead, the ones that are out there just, you know, required me to call up Dave and say, okay, you ready to play? Let's play right now. And that's just not the kind of experience that that the that fits naturally on the phone. So I remember yeah, so we were frustrated back in the eighties. I remember oh, back ahead. in the eighties there was a big thing about people were playing mess uh, chess by mail. And of course, yeah. And that's, yeah. that's yeah, exactly. And that's what this reminds me of. Yeah, that's it's kind of a digital version of that. Um, and you know, I, you know, it's funny. This is kind of embarrassing, but we didn't. I never even heard the term correspondence chess when we first started developing this. It's just like. It was just like, well, we want to play chess on the iPhone. This is the way, the most obvious way to play it because this fits with, you know, something that you're going to put back in your pocket. You want to take out and play for a few minutes and then put it away. And uh, and so, you know, we found out about this. I mean, I knew about play by mail chess. I just never knew about that term correspondence chess before. And that's the first I've heard about it. Or if I did, I, I didn't remember it. Uh, so chess by, uh, I'm sorry, chess with friends is out. Uh, I'm sure you probably have updates in line, but. How many other games, or is it just games? I mean, with a company like New Toy, I'm assuming that games are going to be your focus. Um, how many more games do you have planned? And you don't have to reveal what the plans are. We don't want to give the competition any heads up. But um, <laughs> we, how many we more have, games do you guys have coming out? We have uh, one. We have two two kind of lines of development going right now. We got updates to Chess with Friends that are in development, and then we've got uh, the next game on that platform in development, and um, like you kind of alluded to, we're not ready to announce what that is yet, but 
Um, but it is in the same platform, so it's a games with friends game that that is very similar in nature, asynchronous multiplayer gaming with your friends. Checkers, checkers. I think the next one. I think it should be pong. <laughs> the next one should be strip poker with friends. Sure, <laughs> Utilizing the put, camera, of course. Put the yeah. camera to good use for finally. That's <laughs> right. Exactly. I don't have to play that with you guys, right? Uh, I have no, a uh, no. I have a question for you from the Ustream chat that's going on right now as we record the show, and it says, "Has the developer community improved since Apple relaxed the NDA?" Absolutely. Uh, How? Just well, with the forums in general. Okay, well, that's within the NDA. Isn't it? Yeah, the forum. Like, there's, there's. I mean, there's the forums that they've uh, that have been springing up all over the internet, really, to talk about this stuff. I mean, it's, it's, it's even simple stuff like the fact that there really weren't any development books that you could buy for the, for iPhone development until that NDA was lifted. There were a number of them that were, that were just kind of sitting there waiting for that to happen. So, you know, the, the community has really blossomed now. You can get code snippets out there. There's tons of people talking about, you know, tips and tricks for how to develop for the iPhone. And that just wasn't, I mean, it was just, it was just it, vacant before that, that NDA got lifted. It was, it was pretty, uh, pretty tough in the beginning where we'd run into something and there would be absolutely no, uh, community support. We just have to sit there and bang our heads on a wall until we figured it out. I, I never figured out why Apple had that NDA, very restrictive NDA, in place at the beginning of the iPhone development community. Uh, it didn't make any sense to me. Did it make any sense to you? No, I, I really I can't. I mean, maybe it just came from the fact that they were so secretive during the original development of the iPhone and they just kind of like carried that forward for a while until they realized it didn't make sense anymore. But really, I can't imagine why they they were doing that because I mean anybody could sign up for the program. There wasn't really much restriction to getting in and getting approved and getting getting to download the SDK. So it didn't make I, any I'm sense. technically an iPhone developer. I, I signed up for it right away, and I, I've never programmed anything in my life. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, just, so there wasn't much uh, of a barrier oh, there. That action. Yeah. Well, other than other than the barrier of not knowing how to do it. Yes. <laughs> yes. Exactly. That that could be difficult. And and how is it how is it programming for the iPhone compared to you know the sort of stuff you're used to working on? Is that I mean you know is is that is it is it an easy process or is it or is it harder than than developing say for the Microsoft platforms? Well, I got I got to say at least personally, I love the fact that I get to work on a Mac all day. I mean, we really weren't well, you know Macs. You didn't find a lot of Macs around the Ensemble Studios Microsoft offices. <laughs> Actually, when the right before the Xbox came out for the first year or so, the initial development all happened on a G5. Yep, we had a number of those in the office for a while, but those weren't really even running. And those were running a custom build of the Xbox right. firmware. So, but still, you can at least look down and see an Apple logo. That's true. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so, so yeah. I mean, developing on the Mac and for the iPhone is a very different experience for us. I mean, it's it's its own language with Objective C and all that. But um, but it's been a really smooth transition. And like like a lot of other developers have have said, it's it's a brilliant developing environment compared to any other mobile device out there right now. Cool. Very good. And and um, you, I mean, you mentioned you've got got other other games on the sort of with friends platform. So do you, would you see a whole series? Because I would imagine pretty much any any turn based game system would be excellent played in this way. Battleship. So, <laughs> yeah. Do you, I, agree. I mean, do you, do you do you envisage a whole series? I do. We we really we have a, we have really um, grand plans for this platform and uh, for this style of game playing, and we we really hope to capture that market and and build a, a platform that. You know, shares shares a common user base across all of our games, and we have a lot of, of cool things in mind for how we 
how you can own a couple of games with friends games and, and you know, be able to, to log into any of them and see your status across all your games and have a very, you know, shared experience there, kind of like a version of Xbox Live or something like that for the iPhone. Now, is so, this something that you're going to have to do a, a server side that has to talk to all the different gamers, or is this basically a peer-to-peer type of gaming? It's all server-side uh, right now. Okay. So is that expensive for you to run a server to, to do all that, or is it just like, oh, well, we have this old 486 and it's much more capable <laughs> to handle it than... Yeah. Uh, it, well, it's been it's been an interesting ride. It's an Intellivision, <laughs> <Yes>. yeah. <laughs> we got, yeah, we just got this massive network of TRS-80s here. It's so awesome. <laughs> That, um, that's that's why flash drives have come down in price. Everyone's hooking those up, modding them to hook up to the TRS-80. You can laugh, but I've actually seen a mod that did that. They used a 2-gig uh, SD card, and somehow they got it to work with TRS-80. I don't know how the TRS-80 can access that much memory, but it actually works. It blew my mind. It just looks like a really ridiculously fast tape drive. Yeah. <laughs> Radio Shack tape. for the win. Oh, man, those those tape drives were so horrible. I don't know if you guys uh, remember them. They were just, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, I do. I, I remember uh, many times of getting the whole thing loaded. Oh, there's an error. Got to start over. Well, there's another half hour I got to sit there and wait just to play Burger Time. <laughs> it was horrible. Yeah. Well, yeah. so as far as our servers, I mean, it's been interesting, right? We started off on a single machine, and uh, we had to rapidly increase the the amount of servers that we had and the amount of bandwidth and that kind of stuff. We interesting, interestingly enough, we just passed 1 million moves um, last night. So wow. I want to go look in there and see who the, who the player was that actually made the millionth move. Maybe we could like send him a free iPhone or something. But. <laughs> Wait, that's going to cost well, money. Because <laughs> right now you're, you're not charging for the application, right? That's right. So how, how are you, how are you monetizing this? <laughs> Uh, we're in discussion about that right now. <laughs> okay. Shut up with the money questions already. Yeah, I, I, my I mom think, might be hearing uh, this. Didn't realize that was such a sore spot. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I'm going to jump out on a limb and assume that not all your games are going to be free. That's right. a good a good assumption. Yeah, because I mean, I, chess, I, chess is obviously a very low uh, barrier to develop. Get kind of game. We didn't have to license anybody's IP. We didn't have to develop our own intellectual property. You know, we could just get a game out there. But but it would be really awesome to have our own unique uh, unique games on this platform. Now, there's been a lot of talk over the last couple of weeks of uh, anger in the development community that most games are now priced at 99 cent, and it's hard to make a lot of money that way. Even though it was the developer community themselves who kind of stuck themselves in the situation because. Apple didn't recommend, you know, 99 cent pricing. The developers all just kind of jumped on this bandwagon and then they're crying about it, which I'm like, you know what? If your application is worth more than 99 cents, charge, charge more than 99 cents. Yep. Yeah. Um, in fact, there was a shooter that just came out, a World War II shooter. It's like 9.99. I bought it because I heard it was great. I saw some video and I thought, eh, that's worth 10 bucks to me. Uh, I really haven't played it much, but I, I plan on it. So. Is that kind of a concern to you guys that there's kind of this perception that 99 cent is the price that you want to sell your games for? Because personally, I, I I don't agree with that. But is is that scary to you guys, or are you working through that? As far as that issue is concerned for the community, my perception was that they felt it was a, a result of the way that they had ordered the, uh, the popularity list. Like, like some people have made suge- suggestions about ordering it by uh, like total revenue instead of by total downloads. Gotcha. Um, I don't know if that's the solution. Um, yeah, no. I, I think from, you know, we, we looked at that situation and we said, 
I mean, we had initial projections of what we might be able to sell based on the early success of launch games like Trism, and those that that kind of situation is just gone now. It doesn't exist in the App Store anymore. Well, you've I mean, I got you've got ten thousand competing products out there. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think it's interesting. The Trism guy made a made a blog post about that, saying like he was he's comparing himself against some other game called Pinch and Pop that came out that he thought was better than Trism, and and it hasn't really sold very many copies at all. And he, you know, he just it's kind of talking about how that situation has just completely changed. When we looked at that and decided we, w- we wanted to try and stay ahead of the curve there because we saw that downward price trend happening and, and the chaos in, in, the, in the market right now in terms of how to price your app and get it sold. And we decided that, uh, that we really just wanted to get, get, the, get our app out there, get people on our platform, get them excited about this style of gaming, and then, uh, and then go from there. So. Now here's a question for you that uh – uh, I, I don't know the name because some people aren't signed into Ustream. Uh, did you see a bump in sales during the holiday season? Uh, obviously, it's not for sale, but have you seen more downloads since the holiday season kind of began? We saw a gigantic bump uh, at the beginning of the Thanksgiving week, um, and it's trailed off since then a little bit. But, I mean, it was almost double that week, and now it's back. Why do you think that is? People just had the day off or the week off or – yeah, for me personally, like I spend a, lo- a lot of those days with family, and you got your iPhone in your pocket, and so it's, it's a great time to start browsing the App Store. Yeah. Uh, next question for you is: Apple finally came out with a, a way for developers to give away promotion codes. Um, is that good for you guys to get free copies in the hands of uh, product reviewers and stuff, or um, or not? Yeah, that's huge for us. I don't. Th- at the beginning, actually, Chess with Friends was priced at at four ninety nine. When we kind of reevaluated that pretty soon after we put it up on the App Store, but at that time, what we were doing is we were sending gift cards to websites. Um, that costs so that you they, money. Yeah, yeah. So this is way. This is a great feature that they added recently. Isn't it like a fifty? You could do it fifty times per version. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, so you could literally release a new one with one character different in one line of code and call it a. Point zero zero one update, and you get another fifty codes that you can use. Yeah, but you have to go through the App Store review process, which is kind of painful. So, you know. yeah, yeah, probably not a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I yeah no. Um, uh, David, do you have a question? Oh, caught him napping. David Cohen. David Cohen. Hello, David. I think he died. Crap, my blaster actually worked. He's dead. Yeah, I was going to say, well, <laughs> you, you did set out to kill him before the podcast started. That's so. right. I, you know, the, the problem is I had a really good question, and I completely lost track of what it was going to be. But <laughs> happens all the time. Well, with me, one day well, hey, hey, guys, when, when, when do you expect that your, uh, your next game is going to come out? Uh, we were originally targeting Christmas, but that's not going to happen because we're, we've gotten so much, uh, so many people – downloading the chess game and giving us fantastic feedback. So right now we're just really excited about getting the next version out there and adding features like chat, which is a big one. Um, and, uh, you know, rematch and some other things like that. Um, so I'd, I'd say that our next games with friends game is probably going to be end of January is what I'm hoping for now. So have you, have you had any problems getting these updates out? No, it's been pretty smooth. We have one in submission right now. Um, the review process through Apple is kind of, uh, hit or miss a little bit, but generally yeah, that's, that's we're getting turned around of like, of like three or four days. So now we were talking earlier about, you know, no one's going to get those numbers. Um, 
that Trism got at the beginning because, you know, it was something brand new. Even though there's more iPhone users now than there was when Trism was released, do you think that the iPhone development community is going to have to kind of grow up a little bit and realizing they're going to have to spend a little bit money on marketing their products out there? Otherwise, you just get lost in the, in the app store. No one's ever going to find you. Um, you got to kind of cater and market to the customers that you want to reach, which is probably, I don't know, podcasts, websites, that sort of thing. Is that something that's on your radar? Oh, yeah. Totally. I'm looking for a new sponsor, but <laughs> <laughs> from the company that oh, doesn't wait. charge anything. Yeah. Oh, oh, wait, we are. <laughs> um, but uh, no, seriously, though, I think that the games or the products that are advertising, that are marketing their, their products out there, I think they're going to do a lot better in the app store because the word of mouth is, is, can only get you so far. Uh, good reviews within the app store can only get you so far, but you got to get it out in front of people so they know about it. Yeah, I agree. We, I, I think the thing is we're that the marketing strategies for how to get an iPhone app into people's, you know, in, in front of people, it, they're just totally undefined right now. People are trying lots of different things and nobody knows exactly what works yet. Um, the nice thing is that we, we can actually track account signups on our server in, in almost like real time. So we can see the effects of things. Like we, we had a Wired article that was posted about us and we saw a gigantic spike in users before we actually saw that the article went live. We we're just watching the server and we saw like, whoa, where, what's happening? And then we went and saw, okay, Wired just posted something about us. So we're, we've seen that the best success we've had is in getting sites like yours to write stories about uh, what we're doing and, and, you know, get excited about our game. Um, but we're, we're anxiously watching to see how it shakes out and see what becomes the, the best avenues for advertising an iPhone app. Now, is advertising, the flip side of that, is advertising in your apps a viable option? Give me an example. Um, I don't know. Pepsi wants to come out with a new ad campaign. They want to feature the iPhone in it because they want to put their product right next to the hottest product out there, which is the iPhone at the moment. Um, how do they do that? Well, they want to give, instead of giving the free songs away like they did, what, four years ago, Right uh, now, they want to give a free app away. So, a company like Pepsi and their marketing company comes to you and says, "We've got fifty thousand dollars. We want to uh, sponsor. Obviously, Chess with Friends is free, but your next app won't. They want to sponsor that for six months. They want to give it away for free. Here's fifty thousand uh, dollars. All you have to do is put their blurb right in front of the game. So, when it first launches, they see that Pepsi banner, and then the game starts. Is that something that you, as a developer, is interested in, or no, you just want to sell it?" We're de- I, personally, we're we're pretty interested in that as an as an idea. I mean, I think I think our the app, Pepsi on the line there, guy. Yeah, <laughs> I think our app actually kind of fits really well with that model. I, I think some others might not work as well, but but the way that just kind of the way that the, that the user interacts with our app, you know, a banner ad could work pretty well. So we're we're looking into that. I mean, we want to do it in the most elegant way that doesn't annoy our users, but um, but that's definitely an interesting uh, a- avenue for us. Somebody was just right, scribbling a note, weren't you? No, uh, sorry. Dave was just <laughs> trying to get something off the microphone. I think. Oh, okay. <laughs> Stop spitting on the ball. Yeah, yeah, good thing that didn't get picked up. Yeah, yeah, that didn't get picked up. We didn't. We didn't no, not that. at all. Dave was going, Stop spitting on the mic, Paul. Look at all this crap. Can't you eat the Cheetos later? Come on. <laughs> yeah, you know, chess with friends. It's free right now, but. That's another one you could actually put a banner in front of that, you know, and, and make a little bit of scratch anyways. Um, I, I think you guys have a fantastic company name. New Toy is just, I think that's great. It sounds really good. Uh, and you guys come from a background that's very familiar with gaming. I think you guys are going to have a lot of success. 
And uh, I want to wish you guys all the success. Good luck. Thank you. Thanks a lot. So we're going to wrap up this segment. We're going to listen to Sam Levin's Cool Mac Picks, and then uh, I'll be back with David and Guy and talk about the week's news and uh, some future plans at Macworld and our sponsors and more. Thanks, guys. And we're joined by Sam Levin and Sam Levin's Cool Mac Picks, and of course his App Minute Pick of the Week. Hello, Sam Levin. Oh, how are you? I am doing really, really, really well. Me too. <laughs> so let's get jump right into the picks. What's the first Cool Mac Pick of the Week? Okay, well this is actually a Cool Mac Pick that works with everything from Mac, PC, uh, iPhone, and all the new iPods. So we wow. could call it a cool everything pick. And it's cool from everything. Griffin. Yeah, it's from Griffin. Now, they came out with this product a while ago uh, called TuneBuds Mobile. And basically, it's headphones. They're earbuds that allow you to talk into them. They've got a small little mic. And what they did was they updated uh, the version that they're selling so that now it supports the iPods as well, the 4G Nano, the, the classic um, iPod Touch. And, of course, if you have an iPhone, it works with that. And you can plug it into your Mac and use it, use the little um, mechanism on the side to pause and play iTunes. Awesome. So it's, I tell you guys, I use this in the car. I have to have this product in the car because you can't, you can't talk on your, your headset anymore. It's a, it's a law. So you have to have an earbud or wireless, and sometimes I want an earbud. It's just it's the cleanest form of listening. Uh, you know, it's the direct form of listening. It's called TuneBuds Mobile. It's thirty nine ninety nine, and it comes with a little black pouch and several different earpieces to fit your canal. And I tell you, it's definitely a must if you're an iPhone user. So that's from Griffin Technology. Sounds cool. Okay, next one is from Mophie. Now, you guys remember Mophie. Uh, that was Ben Kaufman's company. He, he, uh, he uh, sold it and went on to do other things. One of them is called Cluster. And Mophie does a bunch of different cases. And, you know, they do that really cool little, looks like a can opener. It actually is an opener, bottle opener for this shuffle. But they came out with a new product called the Mophie Juice Pack. Now, if you remember, they came out with the Juice Pack, which is a battery pack for your iPhone for the first gen. Well, now they just started shipping the Juice Pack for iPhone 3G. And what's nice is, is that you actually slide your iPhone into this. It's a, it's a case, if you will, and it just slides right in and it provides several hours of juice, of battery for the iPhone wow. 3G. Um, I think it's nice. It's clean. It's got this kind of a, a rubber type of finish on the back, so you can't see your fingertips at all, fingerprints. And there's a battery gauge, so you can tell when you press down, kind of like on the PowerBook and, um, and MacBooks, you press down, you know how much juice is in your juice pack. Also, it's got a mini USB on the back, so you could plug it in. It will charge this and your iPhone at the same time, and they supply the cable. So I, I think they've done a really nice job. It's 99 bucks, um, and um, if you're 
an iPhone user, you'll know that you need extra battery. Everyone does. Um, so this 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 is kind of a, a case and extra battery and and yep. and potential uh, dock connector all in one. Right. The thing is, if you're not you do not buy this to protect your iPhone because the front facade of the iPhone is kind of exposed. It's still open. So absolutely. If you if you'll see the link, it's it's mophie.com, M O P H I E. It's really well designed. They did a nice job and um, it's clean, but if you want to protect your iPhone, it's not going to give you the the ultimate protection protection, but that's okay. I, I throw this in my bag, and we're going to get to that next uh, uh, on our other cool Mac picks. But uh, I like it; it works. I used it all day yesterday, and and uh, I like it. I recommend it. It's cool. It's called the Mophie Juice Pack for iPhone 3G. So check it out on their site, which we'll provide. And then uh, lastly, um, our friends at Axio sent me a brand new bag, and you know we featured Axio before. Um, but this bag is is kind of unique. It's called the sling bag, and so basically sling bag or back sling bag. Okay. So basically, you know how scooter messenger bikers wear their bags over their you know strapped over their chest in a sling fashion. Well, that's what this bag is. It's got a sling that fits over you know uh, over the front, and basically it allows you. To carry any 15-inch up to the Mac, the new MacBook Pro, and actually they say on the site I'm looking at it as yeah, a 17-inch um, or smaller. Well, excuse me, uh, I meant the Sling Pack. They do make a Sling bag. I have the Sling Pack, which is the 15-inch. Okay. Um, ah, okay. They, do, they make two. They make a, a bag and a pack. Um, the one I have is the Sling Pack, which is a 15-inch. It fits the MacBook Pro. It uh, the new MacBook Pro, which is actually bigger uh, in in dimensions, uh, lengthwise and widthwise, than the uh, original MacBook Pro. But they've done a great job with the design. I mean, when you put this on, it fits really well. Also, you can adjust the strap to any size you want, and that's a big deal because everyone, you know, everyone is different height, different width. Sure, and. Uh, Plus, it's got multiple pockets for different entry points. So the front, if you look on their site, axiobags.com, you'll see there's a front area that you can easily get into your gear. So if you want to put your iPhone or paperwork in there, you can easily access your gear. And um, I tell you, it is so comfortable to wear. And I'm not, I don't wear a lot of these types of bags because they're kind of funky. I wore it all day yesterday and the day before and it absolutely is fantastic wow sounds cool yeah one thing one thing a couple things i kind of like about the bag is you know besides the pocket for the uh the laptop if you look at some of the pictures they have on there on the site there's actually a couple of other pockets in there that'll hold like video cameras and you know other types of accessories that you might want to use this would be great for like uh like for example mac world expo Right. Oh, actually, here you brought up a great point, Guy. The front, right at the front, has a zipper that goes over, you know, the uh, the front of your body, to, which is part of the strap. There is a zipper that allows you to put your iPod or your iPhone. It will fit an iPhone inside of it with a pass-through for a cord. So they've done great. a really nice job. It's oh it's yeah, I see well. that. 
okay, it's well constructed. This isn't some run-of-the-mill bag. Uh, even though I believe it's still made in China, the design is fantastic. And uh, Bob Haro understands design. He's been doing great design work for years, and he also does a bunch of motorcycle gear. So he understands how to design for people that are mobile. So he gets it. He's also into that. He's a, a motorcyclist, a bicyclist. He carries MacBooks with him every day. Hey, so, hey um, Sam, yeah. I, I actually understand design really well, too. The problem is I suck at it. Well, Sam nice. Levin, thanks very much for the cool Mac picks and the App Minute pick of the week, of course. And uh, we'll see you. We are you going to be here next week, or or did we not do? Well, we, the, didn't get, we didn't do the app. We didn't minute, get did we? to our cool app. I'll, I'll tell you that. I'll tell you quickly. Do we have twenty five seconds for a cool app pick, or not? We have twenty eight seconds. Okay. Okay. Well, that's so nice of you. All right. That's really nice of you guys. So our cool app pick is uh, a product called Frenzic. That's F R E N Z I C. It's a board game. It looks like Simon. Remember Simon that you press the buttons and stuff like that? I hated sure. that. It's not, it is not that. But it looks like that. But you have to press different uh, triangles with different colors in different uh, areas to get to fit into a respective place. Okay. I, can't, I can't explain it all because until you see it and try it, I tell you, this lady next to me on the plane, she's <laughs> an older lady, says, try this out. And she sh gives me her iPhone, and I go, this is awesome. And I bought it. I bought it today. It's called You know, Frenzy. it's funny you say you, 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 you mention one thing and say it's not like that. <laughs> I, I, well, you know, it's, it's, no, I'm saying remember the look. Yeah, I remember no, Pac-Man. It's, like it's nothing like Pac-Man. No, what I meant is that the look, when you look at this, if you look at the screen, it looks like the Simon, the circles with the cutout pie shape. It looks like that, but that's not what the that has nothing to do with it. But a you, circle with a cutout pie shape—that's Pac-Man. No, I'm no. just messing with you. I, I know Pac-Man. So uh, anyway, you've got to try it. It's totally addictive, totally. And uh, I believe it's three ninety nine or four ninety nine. Forgot now. Um, but I'll include the i iTunes link on our site and. Uh, I think it's great if you're into board games, and I am. Next week, we're it. actually recording the podcast on Friday. Uh, are you going to join us on Friday, Sam? Yes. Okay. Well, I'll see you next Friday. Thanks, guys. His name's Sam Levin, and he knows all things cool, and we'll be right back. And we're back. Thanks very much to Sam Levin for his cool Mac picks again. Uh, first of all, sponsors, Otherworld Computing, who uh, has been a longtime sponsor of the show now. Fantastic company. Hey, we guys. really enjoy them. And, oh, yeah. Uh, MaxSales.com. You know, I said it over and over and over again. Um, when it comes to advertising or sponsoring the show or the website, I'm not going to take just anybody. Uh, I could use money. Don't get me wrong. Uh, sure. I have four kids and a mortgage and a car payment, and, you know, I, I need money. <laughs> but that being said... I'm not going to take just any company's money. I ha it has to be either a company I like and believe in or uh, a company whose products that I like and I enjoy. And that being said, obviously, MaxSales.com 
It's, it, they're just a fantastic company to work for, and we couldn't be more pleased to have them as our sponsor of this podcast. Absolutely. I, I just received a uh, package from them today. They've sent me a... Um, the the fir- I think it's the first external Blu-ray drive for the Mac. Uh-huh. Um, as, oh, as very nice. Item. So I'm looking forward to having a look at that. And, and I think that, you know, that typifies their approach. You know, they are out at the cutting edge, bringing the latest stuff to the Mac platform. But not just that, though, David. They also have stuff to support older machines, like upgrading a processor in an old G4. So oh, yeah, I've got one of those. It, my, uh, my old 933 is yeah. now a dual 1.4. Exactly. So you get both ends of the spectrum. You get the cutting-edge, brand-new Blu-ray for your Mac, and you also get the processor upgrades for that old machine. That There's nothing wrong with that old machine. You can use it for a lot of different things. Might sure. as well put it to use, and if you could put a little bit faster processor in it. Actually, how much faster does that machine feel with that newer processor in it, Guy? Um, I, I'd have to go back and, and look at the review I did to get the exact numbers, but it, from, from what I remember, it, it was easily like somewhere between 30 to 40% faster. Yeah. I think I heard that anything less than, what is it? 30%, you can't really perceive that much of a difference. So if you actually noticed a big difference, then it was, no, it was, oh yeah, then it had to be a lot higher than that. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah, anything under 30%, they say, is you almost can't perceive it, especially with computers. So, um, obviously, we're real happy with Otherworld Computing, MacSales.com. If uh, you need some RAM, you need a hard drive, you need a processor update, if you want to be like David Cohen and be on the cutting edge with Blu-ray, that's the company to go to. Did they send you any blank Blu-ray discs, David? Um, I've not opened the actual uh, drive box up yet, so I don't know. You know, um, you should do an unbox for that. I mean, yeah. you, you know what yeah, it is, a so it, there's, the, there's a little bit of that, well, you know, the whole point of the unbox that I do is that you don't, I don't know what it is when I'm opening it, and I'm, I'm writing the blog as I'm opening this package and sharing my thoughts and opinions as I do so, um, but you could still do that because you haven't opened the box yet, and uh, even though you know no. what's inside, you can still give yeah. your impressions and that sort of thing. Okay, yeah, I'll so, do that. So, something to think about. You don't have to, it's up to you. Uh, speaking of which, uh, we talked briefly on the last show about your last unbox. I got yeah. another iPod docking station speakers from them. Yeah, me too. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I'll do the <laughs> unboxing for the, this one because I already wrote it. Yeah, this is the uh, the portable unit. Yeah, yeah, it's much smaller. I haven't. I, yeah, I, I see the box. I, I opened it. And I looked at the packaging, but I haven't actually played with the speakers yet. Yeah, I, I've uh, I've taken mine out, and because we're going away for our anniversary tomorrow, I thought I'd take it with and see see how it performs out down the hotel room. So I'll let you know next week. We won't tell your wife that's why you're bringing it on your anniversary to the hotel room. <laughs> uh, she she knows that she knows that I've got to keep up with the podcast when I'm in the bathroom. Oh, when I'm, in, when I'm in the shower, when I'm shaving, right, that sort of thing. That's, that's, ju- that's just disturbing, Dave. That, that's that's probably um, more information than I needed. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, the force will be with you. Okay, shut up. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, our other sponsor, and they're going to be sponsoring us uh, right through the Macworld Expo, yep. is Posimotion. They are an iPhone developer. And uh, the funny thing is, I was talking about this earlier with David and Paul from New Toy Incorporated, that these iPhone developers really need to start marketing their products because you're going to get lost in this app store. There's so much stuff out there right now. 
And so how do you get your your product in front of other people if they're not specifically looking for it or it's not in the top whatever list on the iTunes store? One way is marketing. And again, we're not just going to accept money from companies uh, that has crappy products. And that is true with, with apps for the iPhone uh, just as much as Mac sales or any other thing. And so Posimotion, they have a lot of stuff up in the App Store right now. And Sam Levin actually picked a couple of their products in the past for his Cool Mac picks. And I want to talk about one for just a second. It's called A-Level. It's literally a level for your iPhone. Um, the people up in the Ustream.tv chat, and you can see this every week at the MyMac.com website, I'm going to do a quick demonstration of A-Level so they can see it. And I have to move some windows around because I can't see my own screen right now. And so this is level. I'm trying to level it out. And it tells you the degrees that you're off. So right now I'm at negative 3.6 degrees off. So I'm trying to level it out. I think you're off. I, I the, think you're off more than that, Tim. You know, I put the bubble right in the middle of the level. So I know what's level. And it also has a small ruler on here, which is really cool. It goes up to three inches. Um, I, I think this is just a really cool idea. I don't know how they came up with an idea like this. If if I was an iPhone developer, and I kind of am, um, who would have thought, you know what, let's make a level, uh, an actual level that you can use. If someone wants to hang a picture frame, they can use their iPhone, and it's a level. I, how do you come up with such an original idea like that, Guy? I'm not really sure. Um, yeah, I, well, first off, I have to get an iPhone, but I think if I was looking to make a, if I was looking to make an application along, you know, the tools line, I, th I think the next one that should come out would be the iHammer. <laughs> they do. It's called Zune. <laughs> I, yeah, I just, I think this is a really good idea. Uh, and it's one of these things that you don't even think about, um, until you see it and you think, oh yeah, that's, that's a great idea. So one of, one of one of the guys in the chat room has said that they he used used the app at the weekend fixing the pool table. Yeah, and, and it worked. You know, to I, make I sure, that, yeah, that's pretty cool because you can lay it flat and see where the bubble is, see if it's nice and level, and that's a great idea. Yeah, very good. So uh, a level from Posi Motion. We'll put a link to that up on the mymac.com website under show two one two. Pick it up, buy it. It's a great application. You're going to really like it. Even if you don't need a level, it's kind of neat. It's, it's it, This is one of those applications that you can Just use to show, to show off. You know, you right. can show your your regular cell phone using friend, look at this. And you pull out and you hit the level and they're like, what is it? You're, well, it's a level. Yeah, but it's not really a level. Yeah, it's it, really a level. Hold it. Does your, does, does your G phone do that? Does your G phone do that? Is it a level? <laughs> yeah. Really? It's not? Oh, really? No, oh, it sucks to be you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I think it, I think it's a fantastic idea. It's it's just one of those things that uh, until you actually see it in, in action, you can't really appreciate it. Because when Sam Levin first mentioned this as a cool Mac pick, I thought, well, that sounds kind of cool. But now that I actually have this app on my iPhone and I see it in action, it's so much cooler than you think it is. Now, how, how much was that, Tim? Do you remember? Uh, I don't remember to be honest because um, because they're advertising with us. I was fortunate enough to get all their apps for free. Oh, I am so special. Uh, I, I just don't launched... have a, I don't have an iPhone yet. <laughs> I just launched the uh, iTunes store, so hopefully it doesn't mess up my connection too much. And I'll tell you in just one moment. Uh, it takes a little bit longer at the moment because I've got like you know fifty applications running and three thousand windows, and 
uh, two different connections, a video connection going out and this audio chat through Skype, uh, audio going up to Ustream. But this is a 99 cent app. So, I mean, it's less than a buck. And if you even have to think about, is it worth buying? It's 99 cent, dude. (laughs) I think you can afford to uh, afford 99 cent for something that's really cool. At least that's my opinion. Do do you guys even stop and think about, well, obviously, guy, you don't own an iPhone yet, but you will. David, do you even think (laughs) about it when it's 99 cent? If it looks cool? No. You just buy? In in England, that's 59p. Uh, which is, uh, you know, is is not something that I would Pocket think I change. have. Yeah, exactly. I, I give I give my son more more change than that every morning when he goes to school. So I just don't even think about it. I will just uh, yeah. I mean, a pack of gum costs more, and it lasts exactly. a day. I mean, what, yeah. what is it in shillings though? Yeah, what is it in shillings? That's the, that's the real question. <laughs> Uh, let's go well, back that, to the Macworld Expo. Yeah, you need a degree in, you need a degree in maths to work out how many, how much it is in shillings. So, uh, uh, let's get back to the Macworld Expo because we've been talking about a lot and that's because we're, we're excited. We can't wait to oh, get yeah. there. Oh uh, yeah. Guy, Searle and I arrive in San Francisco on Sunday, um, January 4th. Right, relatively early too. Absolutely. And I'm kind of glad it's a week earlier because if I'm not mistaken, last year, Macworld Expo was during my birthday. <laughs> my birthday yeah. was actually when I was in Macworld Expo. I, I just remember that uh, because my daughter mentioned it. Yeah, she. Yeah, she, well, didn't didn't uh, didn't they call you while we were out there? Yeah, wish you happy birthday. Yes, and they sang me happy birthday over the phone. Yeah, which was very I remember nice. That. And then they actually sang it to. No, they did it on iChat. You were in the in the hotel room when they did that. Yeah. Um, and that's another. That, that's the other power of the Macintosh. I'm sitting in San Francisco. I'm in a hotel room. And I'm iChatting yeah, with, with me my, on your birthday. Yeah, with me. Yeah, guys, and <laughs> David's <laughs> going to a hotel with his wife for a completely different reason, though. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and and guy and I are sitting in the hotel room just chatting, and I'm and I'm talking to my wife via iChat, video chat, and uh, they sang me happy birthday, and it's it's just really cool. It's the power of this machine, uh, this technology that allows me to stay in that kind of close contact with the family. It was fantastic. I loved it. Um, but we arrived Sunday, the 4th, Monday, the 5th, and that's the day before the, the expo proper really begins, although there are some uh, seminars and stuff like that going on. But yeah. the 5th is when we're going to have our podcast meetup. We're going to meet at 315 Moscone West. I think that's the one, isn't it, Moscone West? Yeah, that, well, that's what you were saying. Are you sure that's on the 5th, not the 4th? No, that's the 5th. I've got the calendar open right in front of me. We arrive on the 4th on Sunday. Right. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Monday the fifth, we're going to do our podcast meetup. We don't expect a whole lot of people to show up because the expo hasn't even started yet that day. But if you're going to be in San Francisco and uh, you don't have anything to do at you know three o'clock on a Monday, come down and uh, meet with Guy and I and whoever else happens to show up from the MyMac crew. Bill Palmer might be there. Depending on how many people there are, I will buy everyone a drink. There you go. We'll go grab a, a some food and some drink and and have some uh, fun, right? Yeah. Is that the word I'm looking for, fun. Well, not I, not not oh. that state place we went to last year. <laughs> no, it was a little expensive and the food wasn't very good. Yeah. Uh, actually, that wasn't part of the podcast meetup, though, was it? I mean, no. The podcast meetup, we went over to the the burger joint. Yeah. Well, oh, Mark, that's right. Mark Mark went to. I think Mark didn't. Mark go to the re- Mark. Did you go to the restaurant with us? Yeah. Mark in, in the chat room. He's he's hearing it like five seconds later. Now we got to wait for Mark to type it, and uh, we'll get. So I answer. probably should have waited until later to ask that. 
Or you could have just typed it into the window and, uh, yeah, but Mark says yes on the chat room guy. Okay. Um, we don't have anything special planned for Tuesday yet. That might change, but Tuesday is the day of the Macworld Expo's Steve Jobs keynote. So hopefully that we'll get into this year. Absolutely. And we're going to be recording a podcast every day that we're in San Francisco. Guy will probably do one Sunday night. We'll do one Monday during the podcast 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 meetup. I want to say podcast because I just did one of those. Uh, We'll do one Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. On Wednesday, however, we're going to be at the Spec Products booth. And Spec Products, if you go up to MyMac.com right now, they were the subject of my latest unboxing, unboxing number 13. And they sent a whole bunch of uh, iPhone 3G, uh, second-generation iPod Touch, and uh, iPod Nano cases. Very cool-looking cases. Unfortunately, I don't have any one of those products, so I couldn't actually do anything with them, which kind of bums me out because these cases are really fantastic-looking. I got I got sent some of those as well, and I, I just put the uh, the C three case onto my iPhone three G tonight. Did it work? So uh, yeah, nice. yeah. I mean, it looks looks it looks very nice actually. So I'm going to try this out and have the next few days and see how it goes. You know what I found? Um, out was I'm, actually a, a big market that I had no idea about. Someone told me about this. A lot of people buy these see through cases for the iPod or the uh, iPhone, and then they yeah. have someone airbrush them. These clear cases. Really? Yeah, so then when they put it on their iPhone, oh. they have a completely custom case. Custom, yeah. That's uh, a good idea. Airbrushing, the people who do those airbrushing, uh, they're actually seeing a lot of business from iPhone and iPod Touch users. Uh, and I, I suppose you can do it with any clear case for for any device, but those are the two big ones. Uh, if you wanted to do that for your, say, your MacBook Pro guy, you buy one of the spec clear cases, mm-hmm. which you I already have. One. You can right. have someone airbrush that. That way you have a completely custom case, but yet it never actually did anything to your MacBook Pro. So it's it's protected. It's still in pristine condition. It still looks like it's brand new, but yet it's completely custom. I think that's well, pretty cool. Do you remember the I – don't, I don't remember the name of the company, but there was uh, some company last year at Macworld that was doing like laser etching. Yes, I remember MacBook that. Were, yeah, yeah. Oh, some of that stuff was, I mean, just incredible. And my, it was my fear with incredibly that, though, priced as well. Yeah, and that that's what I was going to – my fear with that is it costs so much money, whereas someone who does some airbrushing, it probably costs you maybe 75 bucks for them to airbrush a real nice logo or uh, a picture of you or whatever, uh, a wolf if you wanted. I don't know. Right. Um, <laughs> you know, it would be funny to get a clear one and then have it spray-painted uh, Sony Vios. <laughs> It probably blow people's mind, um, but you know it, it completely covers the the top and the bottom. You probably won't want to do anything with the bottom part because you're never going to see it anyways. But the top part of those spec clear cases that would just the see throughs that would be so awesome. Um, and now that I found out about this, I'm seriously thinking about getting one of those cases because guy and, and this is you'll find this interesting as well. Right now up at specproducts.com they have fifty percent off of the original ones. So for our machines, it's 50% yeah. off of those see-through cases. Oh, really? <clears throat> yeah, uh, so I, I'm seriously thinking about ordering a clear one and having a friend of mine airbrush the MyMac logo on it. You know, the little well, guy? Yeah, yeah, that depending awesome. on, how, on how well that works out, um, maybe I'll send you my, my clear case and have him do something. Yeah, well, he airbrushes it, and then he puts a whole bunch of layers of clear coat on it so it protects the, the painting itself. Right. One other one other way you can do something like that is um, uh, there's a company called Jellaskins that yep. do kind of um, you know stickers 
effectively. Right, but you know, those whole, whole body stickers. Right. No, they don't look as good. They won't. They, you know, they, you won't get the same effects you get as airbrush and plastic. But if you want to, if you ever want to logo something up, it's a very cheap way of doing it because yep. you're only talking about twenty twenty five dollars. They can take a custom design and just print it straight up and send it out. And these things will do a full body full body wrap on a on a laptop. So it'll probably be uh, ten o'clock at the spec booth on Wednesday, January seventh. We're going to do the Apple Quiz guy. That's going to okay. be a lot of fun. I actually have to still create the Apple quiz, <laughs> which is honestly You're running out of time. Nah, that's like an afternoon for me. It really won't take me a long time to do uh, because we're going to do pictures this time. It's going to be close up of products and they have to guess what this product is. And then the next slide will show what the actual product is. So it's going to be a lot easier than the trivia questions that we did last year. And last year we were at the ProSoft engineering booth the entire week. Yes. This year we're going to be there Thursday. January 8th at the ProSoft Engineering booth at 10 o'clock in the morning, and we're going to do the Apple Quiz with them as well. Excellent. So that is our schedule for the Macworld Expo, and I'm going to remind you guys every week because we want anybody that's listening to the show or watching us on the Ustream to come and visit us while we're at the Macworld Expo. Come to these two different booths that we're going to be at on the 7th and the 8th, uh, Spec Products and ProSoft. Or, and if you're going to be there Monday, come to the podcast meetup. Uh, it, it's really very a low key affair. Meet people. Yeah. It, it's it's just Mac users, just, just like you. Yeah, just shooting the breeze. That's yeah. all we're doing. Now we're at an hour already, guy. But you know, there's some news going on, so we're going to go uh, as usual over an hour this week. But let's talk about some of the yeah. news. And to me, the biggest thing this week is Adobe is not going to have a booth at the MacWorld Expo. In fact, David, uh, you read that they laid a bunch of people off this week. They did. Um, slicing, uh, you know, r- the principal reason being a weak uptake of, uh, of CS4, Creator Suite 4. Um, so I think, you know, the fact they're trying to focus, I mean, they are going to be at Macworld. They're just not going to be running a, a booth. They're going to be running a, a dedicated day of uh, conferences and demonstrations and that sort of thing. So I think when, a, you know, a company starts focusing their marketing efforts on, um, you know, a particular core area rather than the, just a general booth and is also laying people off. I think, you know, they're obviously suffering in the weakened economy and, um, you know, we'll just have to see how that one goes. Guy, why do you think Adobe is laying people off? Why do you think they're pulling back? And more importantly, why do you think that the adoption rate for CS4 hasn't been what they hoped it would be? I think it's really kind of due to two things. Uh, it, honestly, it wasn't that long ago that CS3 came out. Yeah, it wasn't that long ago that CS3 came out. And that's to me, know, that's the answer right there. By the way, I mean, yeah. quite honestly, I've got I've got every version of Creative Suite since they started CS, CS2, CS3, and now CS4. Um, and I was really happy to get CS4. They sent me the Master Collection. I mean, it was, it's awesome. There's so much stuff in there. But of course, I right. didn't have to pay for that either. Had I had to pay for that, there's no way I couldn't justify spending that much money. Besides which. CS3 to me still seems new. That's not that old. It's a, like a, 18 months ago. Do yeah, we really exactly. need this kind of expensive software to have this kind of a cycle? I mean, I, to me, that doesn't make a lot of sense. Well, I didn't. I didn't think that CS4 was particularly well marketed either. 
you know, there was some there was some talk about some new features and that sort of thing. But really, uh, you know, I I I would have thought, bearing in mind that it that it wasn't so long since the previous version, and because it was fairly incremental as an upgrade, they would have put a bit more marketing effort into the you know here's the new version, and they, they didn't really do that. I, you know, I do think that, that Adobe needs to really take a look about how it's operating at the moment. Yeah, I think they need to start advertising with us. Oh, definitely. <laughs> I gotta stop playing those Star Wars theme songs, I know. Because um, it's extremely annoying. Um, yeah, I just I just don't see why they would come out with this this soon. And it seems kind of arbitrary. Um, it feels like some of the apps may have not been ready in time, and so they kind of shipped as is. Uh, do you think that they need to kind of look at their scheduled releases and maybe pull back a little bit, David? I just think, you know, they've, they've been doing some good stuff the last few years. You know, they, they've developed Lightroom, which is a very good, uh, completely different program for them. They've got the online Photoshop stuff. To me, I think just banging out a new version of Photoshop and Illustrator every two years is, is just, you know, how much, how much more can they put into this software now? Um, to really make it different or any better than the previous version. I think they do need to diversify and move out to, to different areas more well, aggressively maybe than they have done so far. And maybe focus a little bit more on the consumer market? Well, absolutely. I mean, Elements, I'm sure, is a, is a, is a big seller for them. But Elements is, is all normally lagging two, two versions behind whatever the latest version of Photoshop is doing. So maybe, maybe they need to look at that as well. You know, one of our... Uh Listeners and viewers on the Ustream live chat, which you guys uh, listen to this on the podcast, can participate in 6 to 8 p.m., usually Thursdays, although next week, 6 to 8 p.m. on Friday. So uh, mark it down in your iCal and, and sync it to your iPhone. Uh, one of our listeners, I want to say, uh, Ron, he's a graphic artist. He lives in Seattle. He just got done spending $1,200 for CS3. And he says, as a user, he's starting to feel gouged here. Uh, you know, and he's not going to upgrade to CS4 until all of his customers have upgraded and he's forced to keep up. And I'm going to assume that that's probably what happened with him in CS3, that, you know, some of his clients went up to CS4, or I'm sorry, CS3 finally, and thus he had to go ahead and, and swallow a $1,200 upgrade, and then boom, here we come again. Here's CS4 for you. Um, you know, the, the people that are using these, at least the independent people, that's a lot of money. That's you got to find a lot of clients to cover that kind of cost. We, well, we talked about this previously, and we talked about the fact that that's the price of a MacBook, um, you know, that sort of money. And and I think that's something else that I think Adobe you can have to look at. If you look at the, the number of people they've, they've let go this week is uh, 600, and apparently that's 8% of their, uh, of their worldwide workforce. So if you think about it, um, you know, that's not a particularly large company, given no. their profile. And yet, you know, so that if you look at the development costs and the amount of time they develop, the amount of developers they must have on these products, it can't be that many. And yet they're charging probably one of the most expensive sticker prices for software right across the Mac industry. You look at something like Microsoft, while Office is expensive, it's not $1,200, it's about $400. So, you know... I think people are starting to feel gouged, and you have to look at maybe whether they have to look at bringing their profit margins down and operating in a, in a slightly different way. Absolutely, I agree with you. Uh, another one that I, I think this is kind of an important moment in in Apple fandom: the Simpsons skewered Apple guy. 
Did you catch oh. it? Oh yeah, yeah. You know, I I haven't really watched The Simpsons on a regular basis in a while. Yeah, neither have I. But yeah, but the, the kids had gotten everything done that they were supposed to on Sunday night, and you know, I went ahead and and sat through the opening. And when they opened it up, it opened right up into the uh, kind of the Apple takeoff that they were doing. You know, of course, Apple was the name was changed to Mapple, and you had uh, MyPods, and I mean, just some, the jokes were kind of flying fast and furious. It all had to do mostly with you know the the stereotypical type of, of fanboy behavior that a lot of people accuse almost all Mac users of doing. I found it to be hysterical. I loved it. And anyone who wants you know that didn't see it but would want to, I would recommend going over to Hulu and and searching for it because it was it was just brilliant. Or you can go to uh, the My Mac website. Guy Searle has a blog post called. Once considered impossible, and I actually embedded the Hulu video right in your blog post, guy. Yeah, well, the, the link that I had originally put there was <laughs> the YouTube for, link. Yeah, was taken down. Uh, yeah. You can, you guys can't hear this. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm actually gonna play it, uh, and the uh, podcast listeners, um, actually, they won't hear it. Will they? No, they won't hear it. The only people that would hear it would be the uh, UStream. Ustream. I'm not gonna guys. play it just for the UStream guys because. It's going to take a hit on my bandwidth, so we'll just hold off playing yeah. that. And plus, uh, plus um, David Cohen hates when we do that. <laughs> do I? <laughs> yeah, you, you told me that you hate it when the Twit guys do it. Did anybody listen to, uh, I think it was Twit from this this week or the week before? I forget which show it was. Either, I listened to both Twit and MacBreak Weekly. And sure. uh, they had some audio playing. It, it was on uh, Twit. And it was a commercial on its website that Leo obviously had up. And it played it twice, and it was extremely loud, and I, you couldn't even hear the guys talking for, and I'm not kidding, for like two and a half minutes. I was a second away from just turning off that podcast and not listening to it anymore when it finally went away. But he literally it played this thing twice, and it, and it overpowered the host and everything. So um, I'm going to hold off on playing anything like that here because it really annoyed me as a listener. I was like... Man, you got to be more on top of that. If you if you don't realize that that's playing in the background, and that's the only thing that the the listeners can hear, and it's infomercial for this crappy product that they're talking about to clean your keyboard, it was just like, come on, guys. Yeah, and there's no reason really. If you don't, if you want to put something like that into the podcast, you can always put it in afterwards. You don't need to actually like do the whole thing live. Yeah, that's true. So, uh, uh, for, uh, worth mentioning that um, Simpsons piece. Obviously, for those of us outside the US, we can't watch it on Hulu or uh, Fox. Actually, actually, the, the funny thing is, and I, I was, and I here, I'm going to give Leo another plug. I was listening to Mac Break Weekly, the latest one that just went up this week, David. Uh, there's an application that will mask your IP address so people in your right. neck of the woods can actually watch Hulu. Okay, I'm going to definitely have to give that a go. Um, uh, I did find it on um, BitTorrent and RapidShare and places like that, so if you really want to see it and you can't get it anywhere else, then that, that it's might on be YouTube now. And it's actually the YouTube, yeah. it's uh, the Hulu video on YouTube because when you watch it on YouTube now, it says Hulu. On it. All right. <laughs> I was like, well, that's kind of strange, but I think I think what happened was it, it went viral, and uh, yeah. I think a lot of people might have thought that Apple users would be upset about it, but from universally, everyone's just cracking up. They think it's great. Uh, we got to hurry up and wrap the show, but let's let's finish up these topics. Okay. Uh, iPhone tops Windows Mobile in sales. Does that surprise anybody? Not no, really. I don't think so. And I, I think I, I, I think the only part of it that's really a surprise is, is how quickly it happened. 
I mean, between what, the iPhone came out a year to a year and a half ago, and already it's kind of taken over the market that uh, Microsoft had, you know, as running second to RIM. Um, and, and but the thing is, the thing is with that, though, is the window. I, I mean, don't get me wrong, it's a great achievement. Um, and, uh, you know, bearing in mind that Apple had no experience in this market at all, it's a massive achievement. But, I, I, you know, I think it's not worth overstating the position Windows Mobile has, yeah. which is, you know, it really hasn't been a strong platform for a very long while. Mm-hmm. It has a, a lot of problems. It doesn't do a lot of things very well. Um, these, this, you know, Windows Mobile version, whatever gets announced, and you can't buy a handset with it on for, like, eight, nine months afterwards, and then when there's an upgrade, you can't get an upgrade without buying a new handset. It really is a platform that, that's, in my mind, has had its day. You know, it's really yesterday's platform. So I'm really not surprised that as soon as something better comes along, people flock to it in droves and kind of leave it, leave Windows Mobile behind. I think Windows Mobile will, will end up being just a niche platform for, uh, you know, corporates where they have uh, particular applications developed for it. But I think most consumers will will not choose that platform anymore. Walmart is rumored to be in the market to sell $99 iPhones, 4 gigabytes. How, uh, I don't know, what do you think, Guy? you think that's viable or do you think that's uh, $99? I mean, obviously they're going to have to do the two-year contract through AT&T to do that, but well, still certainly. 99 bucks for an iPhone. I If it was a 3G, even if it's just 4, uh, four well, gigabytes, that's... I'm interested in that. That's 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 kind of kind of what I'm starting to wonder is, you know, if, if Walmart is going to sell a $99 version of the iPhone, you know, would it actually be the full size iPhone, or could this be one of the new products that Apple's going to come out in in uh, come out with with in MacWorld, where it'll be, you know, it'll still be an I iPhone. Don't, I don't think I don't think with a slightly no, different form factor. No, I well maybe with a different form factor, but. I don't think Apple was at all interested in dumbing down the iPhone for a uh, a different market. I don't I don't see Apple going that route at all. Do you, David? No, I, I this this sounds to me like, like another one of these analyst dreams. Uh, you know, like like the five hundred dollar Apple netbook and that sort of thing. Um, I, I just, well, let's be honest. Though, why, the, why would, the entry one right why, now is one ninety nine for eight gigs. Why yeah, couldn't right. Apple come out with one exactly the same phone? Four gigs, ninety nine dollars. How much more what, market what, share are they going what, to hit what, at at that price point? Especially selling well, at a place like Walmart or Best Buy or wherever. Why would they? Why would they want to sell? First of all, why market would they share. want to sell a? Why would someone want to phone, sell a phone in Walmart where their um, added value, which is the service you get and the access to the genius and that sort of thing, is not going to be available in Walmart? Well, you don't get it's that anyways com- if you buy it at AT and T. Yeah, but at well, least yeah, you get some people that know about phones. Well, yeah, and, you, and you might help you with the service a little bit. Yeah. You, you're not going to get some pimply guy in a blue tabard who, uh, you know, just really just wants to get you out of his face as quickly but, as possible. But what this does is it gets Apple into many more hands, the, the iPhone anyways, I should say. Gets it in many more hands. Uh, more people are going to start buying the apps. Obviously, this would be a subsidized phone uh, because yeah. there's no way Apple will make, you know, $99 not, on it. Not, not if it has the same screen as the iPhone, as the regular iPhone. Uh, I don't know. I just I don't I see uh, a, a smaller screened iPhone. I think that the screen is as small as it could possibly be. Um, I don't see a, a ninety nine dollar pay as you go iPhone like Pat is suggesting in the UStream chat. Um, and I and I don't know. I I don't know if if I can really see Apple's products in Walmart. Although no. I did buy a Performa four ten at Walmart. 
Yeah, but that was in the old days, wasn't it? Oh, no, that was, actually, that was just last week he did that. That was last week, yes. yep. Yeah. The <laughs> other thing with it is, a, is I, I, I'm just not sure that 4 gig is, is a good memory size for an iPhone. No, I don't, I don't think, not for a full-size iPhone. They, they dropped it pretty quick out of the first generation. And yeah. If you look at the first generation, the 8 gig sold, what, like uh, 9, 9 to 1? To over yeah. The, yeah, nobody wanted the 4 gig, so I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Um, I would put this at maybe a 15% chance of happening at the most. Yeah. Uh, next story, iPod shortages. Uh, I guess iPods yeah. and iPod touches are starting to get hard to find. Do you think it's just because the demand is bigger than Apple thought it was going to be? Or Apple is just not making a lot? Or is it just a holiday thing? I, I think it could be a, it, could, it could be more or less all of those things. Um, they were, they've already announced that they're going to cut back a little bit on um, iPod Touch and or and you know regular iPod production because you know everyone is kind of saying that the iPod market seems a little bit saturated, and I think that some of the deals that were available on on Black Friday and on the Monday after Black Friday just kind of caught people by surprise, and you know Amazon's waiting list. For how long it'll be before it shipped increased, you know, quite a bit because I, I don't think that they had enough in stock to cover what it was they sold. I agree. If this is actually, yeah, if this is actually sustained for the next couple of weeks, this is actually a very good thing for Apple. Oh, I, I totally because agree. I, Although Wall Street yeah, doesn't seem to like it when they miss their projections, but Wall Street's so finicky no, now, anyways, that who cares? Yeah, yeah. But but it, but in in a, in a down market where people are worried about consumer spending, to be to be the um, the retailer who who basically is run out because everyone's buying your hot products still, um, you know that that gives. I think that's going to give a lot of people confidence in the brand. Um, and will will you know help help carry Apple forward? And and who knows? Maybe they have got the numbers wrong and they've cut production back too far. Could be, could be. Uh, last yeah, story. Yeah, I mean, I'm. A, Go ahead. I was just going to say, I'm I'm actually in the market for a new Nano myself, so uh, I, I hope I can get one in the next couple of weeks. Well, uh, actually, you know, I, I bought I bought Nanos for both of my boys, and they love it. Yeah, they're they're, yeah. I, they're I like the new nanos. I really do. I actually I mentioned the new nanos in uh, unbox number thirteen. That how much more I like it rather than the little fat nano. I I didn't like the fat nano. My daughters, both my daughters, older daughters have uh, the fat nanos. Um, I, I just you know think you can get ugly. you can get you can get the eight gigabyte uh, fat nanos for ninety nine bucks at the refurb. Yeah, I know, but I, I like the new ones. I like the idea to shake it, and I just like the form factor. The last story that we yeah. have before we wrap up the show is Apple claims that Star has hidden collaborators. If there was ever a time to break out the Star Wars sounds, it's now. You think, you think so? I should yeah. break. I should break. Yeah. I've got the perfect one for it, too. Okay. I am your father. <laughs> 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 yeah, well, after after and, and Apple, you know, Apple's after, Apple's uh, amending their their suit for this. Don't make me destroy you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, you know, you know actually, actually, the, the the best. I don't have it, unfortunately, but the best sound for that would have been uh, from Toy Story. Where are your hidden? Where are your friends now? <laughs> you know, the, yeah. the bad kid. Where are your rebel friends now? That would have been perfect. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, yeah, a judge has dismissed all of Psystar's countersuits against Apple, and Apple has responded by adding fuel to the fire of their legal issues with the South Florida-based company, 
that is selling computers that include Mac OS X, Mac OS X. I know some people hate when I say X. In the amended lawsuit, Apple refers to persons or companies unknown and calls them John Doe 1 through 10. So what's going on with this guy? Oh, you know, it just gets it just gets more and more bizarre. You know, you, you I would almost think that that Apple was sounding a little bit paranoid, but it actually, in some ways, it makes a lot of sense that this company, because I mean, if anyone, for the people that, that don't remember Sistar's history, right at the very beginning when they first announced that they were going to be be doing this, I mean, they they changed addresses four times. They didn't have a place to build stuff. Uh, they lost their their credit card sponsorship. We called them Shystar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, they've got this nice facility down in uh, down in Miami, and their credit card problems go away. And you know, they 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 figure out all the little problems that they were having, and stuff started shipping. And considering the chaos that 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 company basically was. In the beginning, it starts to make a little more sense that that maybe some corporate backing from other companies that are looking to do the same thing to see and you know use basically using Psystar as a guinea pig to, to gauge what Apple's reaction would be. Yeah. Well, we'll find out as time goes on. I don't think that uh, answers are going to be forthcoming anytime soon. So it's going to be a story that yeah. we're going to follow in the future. I think I've the actually, worry. Actually... Go ahead, Dave. I, I, I think the worrying thing about this for the community is that this actually could be it could be interpreted as a as an, a, a, a you know a look to go at the whole hackintosh community and really try and lock down the uh, you know the people who are trying to get OS 10 running on on non Apple hardware. You can't because, stop the signal, Dave. Well, well, yeah, but if the, you know if, if the lawyers come after you, maybe you can. Well, with that, we're going to wrap up my Mac podcast number 122. As such, I want to thank Sam Levin for coming on this week with his cool Mac picks. I want to thank David and Paul Bettner for uh, coming on and talking about New Toys, Inc. And uh, I, I really do wish them the best. I think that's a fantastic story. I really do. And uh, to, to quit working at a company like Ensemble... Yeah. Uh, not taking another job with uh, the rebirth, the phoenix of that company, and becoming independent software developers, forging their it's own ground. That's a big step. Yep. Um, chess with friends. From chess with friends. Check it out. We'll put a, yep, we'll put a link in show 122. It's it's a free download, so download it. Sign up for an account and uh, you know play chess. It's a fun game. So we will be back next week. Again, we're going to be on Friday. I do have a guest. Um, I'm not even going to talk about that yet, though. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that next week. Uh, Guy, I know you're the one that has a problem with Fridays. Are you going to be on the show next week, or do you have a uh, something else going on that you need to take care of? Uh, I'm probably going to find it necessary to have 17-year-olds kick my ass. So, <laughs> Okay. And uh, what about you, David? Are you going to be here next Friday? I'll be, I'll be here. Yeah. Cool. Well, we'll see you and uh, everyone listening to this. And again, if you want to participate in the live chat, ustream.tv or just go up to the mymac.com website at 6 p.m. ish. Uh, I usually start a little bit earlier with the video feed. So head up there, participate in the live chat, and have a lot of fun. Uh, after the podcast is done recording, we have a music quiz, and I'm going to be doing that right now. So Guy and David are going to jump off Skype jump into the uh, Ustream chat and participate in the music quiz. And for David and Guy, I'm Tim Robertson, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for downloading and listening to the MyMac.com podcast.